Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the greatest sports journalist in the history of Erie, Pennsylvania, Mr. Mike Balco. My boy, my boy Michael Balco, writer, podcaster, sports enthusiast. He is the first guest that we have on the Black and Gold Hour podcast this year. He that just contributed, and he also has his own podcast, the Mike Belco Show. Uh, I want you all to uh, welcome Mr. Mike Belco. Today, to speak about the New Orleans Saints is Michael Belco from the Michael Belco Show. Host of the Michael Belco Show. Please welcome Michael Belco. How is it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Michael Balco Show. I'm your host, Mike Balco. Today, guys, we're riding solo. We're riding solo today because we're going to do a bit of a reflection type of episode. Um, as a lot of you guys know who listen to this show, um, who follow me on social media, um, you guys know that I have spent the past nine years, almost a decade, that's crazy to think about, um, with the Erie Seawolves, a local minor league baseball team we have here in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um Spent the last nine years working for them, you know, in various departments and things like that. Um, not going into too much detail or anything like that, but, you know, I've spent, you know, spent, spent the past nine years working for them. So they've obviously had a huge impact on my life. Um, and I kind of grew up with that, with that organization. Um, so today we're going to reflect on, on that, like on that career, you know, and we're going to, you know, look back and we're going to share some stories. We're going to um, just look back a lot of look back on a lot of really just cool experiences that I've gotten to enjoy and, you know, just kind of shout some people out and, you know, just have a bit of a reflection episode because I can't, I can't thank the Erie Seawolves enough for everything they've done for me um, in my personal and professional life. Um, And yeah, guys, without further ado, here we go. So we're going to start this episode out by shouting out just a couple people. I'm not going to make this like some long you know, sappy podcast or anything like that. But I do want to give a couple people who, you know, have been been around for the long run or really impacted me personally a, a, a little bit of love. First one is is going to be Greg Coleman, obviously, the team president. Man, GC, you're you're an incredible person, man. Um, you're the hardest worker I've ever met in my entire life. Um, you know, you really you you do a great job of leading by example, which is something I've always appreciated about you. Um, you know, you let me always genuinely be myself. And I can't thank you enough for that because I know I'm a lot to handle sometimes. My wife could attest to that. But, uh, you know, I appreciate you so much for leading by example, you know, letting me experience so many amazing things um, within your organization and for letting me stay there for so doggone long, man. I appreciate you for not getting rid of me a long time ago. But in all seriousness, though, GC, you are an incredible, hardworking, um, lead by example type of guy. Um and there's there's no other team president I would have rather spent my nine years with you with. So thank you so much for that. The next person I'm going to shout out real quick is uh, Chris McDonald. Um, he works over there in the front office as well. Chris gave me Chris, you gave me my initial shot, my man. Uh, you you interviewed me up there at the in the box office of the uh, not the box office, but you know what I mean, like the the little you know the rooms up there, the suites, the suites up there in the uh, Erie Insurance Arena. And you gave me, you sat me down for an interview, gave me a shot, and uh, I can't thank you enough for that. And, uh, you know, we've we've overcome a lot of things together. You've seen me promote, get promoted from within the organization. I've seen you 
take on various different positions within the organization. And it's been super amazing to just get to work alongside each other for as long as we have. And I can consider you family, man. I really appreciate you. It's been amazing getting to see you start your family and, you know, have your daughter and then have your son and, you know, all of those things, man. It's so incredible. I'm so happy for you. And, you know, I know you have great things in the future and I, I'm just super excited for you. And, uh, I'm very thankful that you gave me my initial shot. You took a chance on me. Hopefully I can go down as one of your best hires of all time, but in all seriousness, thank you so much for taking a shot on me. And, uh, I appreciate you more than, you know, and one more person I'm going to shout out real quick is David Missick. Um, he works up there, runs and runs that audio, runs that visual on field games and all that good stuff, man. He's incredible. He's an incredible person. You don't ever really get to see him. He's a behind the scenes kind of guy, you know, as, as many, many people who take on his position are. Um, but, you know, ever since Dave came to the Seawolves, I've noticed significant improvements, you know, with, with our on-field games, with our, you know, visuals up on the screen, our audio is so much better. Um, and I appreciate you so much, man. Um, you know, you're one of my best friends you know, we've come really close over the past couple of years, especially. And, you know, you've always made it a point to get to know me on a personal level. Um, even whenever you first came to Erie, you know, you really took it upon yourself to get to know me, um, you know, and and I can't thank you enough for that. You know, I'm a very personal guy. I like to get to know people on like a personal level. And you, you excelled at doing just that. Um, I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for me. Um, I know you have great things in the future in store for you, man. You're such a hard worker and, uh, you know, I'm happy that, that things are, things are going the way you want them to go in your life. And man, I just, I can't thank you enough, Dave, Chris, and GC, man, you guys are incredible. You guys are the reasons why it's been so difficult to, you know, to, to make the decision to, to eventually depart from the Erie Seawolves, but Man, I'm, I'm going to be y'all's number one fan now. So thank you guys so much for everything you've done for me. All right. Now that the thank yous are out of the way, we're going to go ahead and jump on into what you guys are really listening for, which is, you know, 10 of my favorite stories to tell people um, from my career at the Erie Seawolves. Um, these are not going to be in any particular order. I just kind of jot some down on a piece of paper for you guys, and I'm just going to just kind of read them off um, and then just go kind of in depth with the stories. Um, and the first one that always comes to my mind is uh, the time when the Binghamton Rumble Ponies came to town back in 2018. Um, they had a nice staff of Pete Alonzo, Tim Tebow, and Jeff McNeil. Now, if you're a baseball fan, you definitely recognize those names. And if you're a football fan, I think you recognize the second one as well. Um, man, that was such an incredible experience whenever they came to town. And it was even more incredible for me personally because I was able to be the bat boy. Um, for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies um, for that entire weekend series they were in town. Um, yeah, back in 2018, you know, I got the opportunity from my boy Chris to uh, to be the bat boy for um, the Binghamton Rumble Ponies as well as the Erie Seawolf side. I was, I was both sides, but uh, man, those, that was just such a cool experience. So my all-time favorite athlete has always been Tim Tebow. And, you know, getting to meet him as he was pursuing a baseball career in Erie, in my hometown, it was just incredible to me. Um, I didn't have the greatest experience with Tim Tebow, though. I'll go ahead and share it for you guys. So I was obviously, I was in the dugout, you know, I was 
so whenever you're the bat boy, you have this massive bag of balls that you got to carry from one side to the other side. And so whenever you are, you're always on the batting, you're always on the batting team side. So um, I was taking, I was in between innings or half innings, I should say. I was taking the, uh, the, the big bag of balls from the Erie side and I was going over to the Binghamton side. Um, and, you know, that thing, thing's heavy. And, uh, you know, Tim Tebow, she's kind of in the dugout on the stairs, you know, just like warming up or whatever he's doing. And I kind of bump into him on accident with the with the bag of balls. And he just looks at me dead in my face and goes, watch where you're going, kid. And I was just like, whoa, buddy, what the heck? I was so confused. And I was just like, what the heck, bro? You're like my all time favorite athlete. I haven't even gotten to like formally meet you. And then, you know, you're telling me to like, watch what I'm doing and watch where I'm going and things like that. I was so, I was heartbroken for a little bit, but it's okay. Uh, and then a, f- a couple innings later, he just, you know, gave me a little tap on the butt and she's like, Hey, good work, kid. So I was like, all right, no harm, no foul, I guess. So that's just a little funny story. I like to tell people my first experience meeting my all time favorite athlete, Tim Tebow was, uh, him yelling at me. So that's, that's incredible. Um, but another funny thing about that game was uh, Pete Alonzo, man. Pete Alonzo and I became very close very quickly. And at the time, I didn't really know who Pete Alonzo was. I knew he was good. But that was really before I really invested myself into learning, you know, prospects and who players are and things of that nature. So, I mean, I knew he was good because he was always torching us, taking us yard. But I didn't necessarily know who he was. And I, I definitely didn't envision him having the career he's had so far. Um, but Pete Alonzo, man, he was just like, Hey Mike, watch me go yard right here. He was on deck. He looked over at me as like, I'm going to take, I'm going to take your boy deep. <laughs> and he did man, two bombs against us back to back, um, at bats were, were home runs on like the second or third pitch too. So, I mean, he was, he was envisioning taking, taking us yard and, and he did. And then obviously he would come back in the dugout after the home run and he would celebrate with his guys. Then he'd come over like stand behind like the stairs kind of and just be like, hey, bad boy, I told you, I told you. <laughs> so it was just really funny to, uh, you know, get to get to interact that way with Pete Alonzo. And obviously now that he's had the career he's had and he's as well known as he is um, up there with the New York Mets, it's just super incredible to just get to know that I got to meet him whenever he was so young into his career. And, you know, having that little funny story to tell is always cool as well. I mean, Jeff McNeil was a cool guy. I didn't really like get to know him on like a personal level like that. I mean, nothing more than just like a, Hey man, how are you type of thing? But he was always very nice. Um, obviously he's had a lot of success up in the show as well. So getting to meet those guys was really, really cool. Um, the next thing I have on my list here is, uh, it dates, dates 2019. So before the whole COVID lockdown and things like that, um, I got to see Alex Fiedo and Drew Carlton combine on a no hitter versus the Bowie Bay Sox. Um, that was so cool, man. That was my first experience and my only experience to this date ever seeing a no hitter thrown in Erie. Um, obviously I think it was like a week before that Casey Mice had thrown a no hitter on the road. Um, but you know, in Erie, Alex Baeta, who's a good friend of mine and Drew Carlton, who's always been very nice to me as well. I got to see them combine on a no hitter versus the Bowie Bay Sox. And if you know anything about Erie Seawolves baseball, the Bowie Bay Sox are probably our biggest rivals because, well, them in Akron, because they're always like right up there at the top with us. This year, that's not the case, but, you know, usually Bowie and Akron are like always in the playoff hunt and they always seem to knock us out of the playoffs. Um, 
So they're usually like a pretty fierce rival of ours. Um, but it was so nice to be able to see, you know, not just us no hit buoy, but also get to see one of my good friends do it, who was also an alum of the Michael Balco show. So make sure if you guys haven't listened to that episode, you go listen to that one because Alex gave a lot of cool insight and stuff like that. Um, he even talked about the no hitter in the episode. So that was a really cool one. So it was just awesome to get to see that. And uh, yeah, man, it's always cool when you get to experience history. Um, that was the first no hitter thrown in Erie in over a decade. So it was cool to see that. Um, and then my next, my next bullet point on my list here dates actually to last season. Um, the, the Bowie Bay Sox versus Erie Seawolf series, um, you know, fans who came to the game. I got to see it all, obviously. Um, we got to see Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, and Allie Rushman all on the field at the same time. And that's just incredible. You don't ever see that many first-round picks, um, you know, play against each other in a series like that, at least not in the minor leagues as much. Um, but it was just really cool to get to see that in Erie. And not only that, but it was cool to see Adley Rushman um, catching while um, – Rushman plays for uh, Bowie. Well, now he plays for Baltimore, but he was playing for Bowie um, while Spencer Torkelson was batting. And that was, a, I think there was like some history behind it. Like that was like the first time that that's ever happened or something along those lines. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, Torkelson had a good series. So did Rushman and Green obviously was having an incredible season. So, I mean, those guys are all going to be in the show. Well, they are, two of them already are in the show, but Riley Green will be joining them there shortly. And then they'll be able to to relive that up in the MLB. So that'll be awesome. And that was just really cool to see overall because, you know, as baseball fans, you know, I was I was it was just really cool overall to see that much talent and that much, you know, future brightness all on the field at the same time. Um, and those are like three of the most hyped up, you know, baseball prospects of like all time. Torkelson is viewed as like one of the best prospects ever. Riley Green is a guy that's always had high hopes. Um, and then Adley Rushman is like viewed as one of the best catcher catching prospects of all time. Um, so that was, that was just really cool to see that, that much talent right there in front of my face. Um, and then this next story takes me all the way back to when I used to, when the spin the wheel, when I used to spin the wheel, you know, test your luck for a buck. If you ain't spinning, you ain't winning. All that good stuff. That was the the peak of my Erie Seawolves career. Um, I would obviously bring in a lot of customers and stuff over there at that little spin the wheel thing behind home plate. And uh, one of those one of those uh, most consistent customers I ever had was uh, Jim Leland. Yeah, you heard that right, Jim Leland, the uh, former manager of the Detroit Tigers, Pittsburgh Pirates, Miami Marlins. Um, yeah, man, he would come over there all the time, interact with me. Um, and, and we became very good friends. Honestly, I can, I can genuinely say that we became good friends. Um, to this day, like he still recognizes me sometimes. I haven't seen him and I didn't see him at all this season, but I saw him a little bit last year and he still recognized me and still remembered my name and everything. And he's just a really cool guy. Um, he would always come over there, you know, it was always a dollar to play, but you know, Jim Leland doesn't pay. Come on now. <laughs> um, and he would always say, give me a damn eight. Give me a damn eight. He would roll that thing nonstop. Hold up the line of customers that are willing to pay me just so we can get that damn eight. And then he would get that eight and he would be content and then he would go and sit down. I don't know why he wanted the number eight so bad. He never wore the number eight. His jersey number as a manager was always number 10. Um, so I don't know what 
what the significance of the number eight was, but man, he's just such a cool guy. And uh, he would always be like, Mike, give me a damn eight. Give me a damn eight. It's, one time he just went over there, he rolled his eight, and uh, you know he landed on it the first try. And I've never seen a man light up so much over, over getting so excited about landing on an eight on the little spin the wheel thing at the Seawolves, man. But, you know, I think it was just really cool. It's just cool because, like, I didn't necessarily, like, fangirl over him or anything like that. It was just cool that, like, he came over there. I think he appreciated being treated like a human. And, uh, you know, we were able to just just have a experience together. And, you know, eventually, you know, we got to talk in and we talked about his World Series and all of that stuff. I mean, my interactions with Jim Leland is probably the reason I have this podcast today because he made me feel so comfortable like around athletes and around, you know, people who have had success that I was able to just be like, hey, man, you should let me try on your World Series ring. And, and he let me he let me to to my absolute shock. He literally took his ring off his World Series ring that he won with the Miami Marlins and he put it on my finger and was just like, here you go, kid. I mean. It was so cool. It was so cool to just wear a World Series ring and, you know, just the story behind it as well. Like that was one of the most random World Series ever um, and getting to wear Jim Leland's World Series ring and, you know, be able to have a friendship with him. And I have photos with him as well. And he's just such a cool guy. And yeah, man, he's so cool. And yeah, that's that's one of my favorite stories to tell people. I just I love Jim Leland. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, man. Uh, the next story I have is actually, <laughs> uh, from, from my last game, uh, June 5th, 2022. Um, I got the honor of throwing out the first pitch of the Erie Seawolves game. And that was just such an amazing experience for me. I've always, always, always wanted to throw out a first pitch. Um, and just the, getting the, getting the opportunity to do so was just so incredible. It was I don't know, man, something about it. Like, you know, I spent, I've spent nine years with this team and, and they honored me with allowing me to throw out the first pitch and they had a nice, you know, a nice intro for me and stuff like that. And, and the crowd went, the crowd was super awesome and they were cheering for me and all those things, man, it's just, it makes everything that you do, all the long hours, all the hard work worth it. Um, yeah, you know, and my family was there to be able to witness it. Even though I shanked the pitch, I'm not going to lie, guys. I I did not throw gas down the pipe like I was expecting. But but I still got it there, you know. Angel Hernandez would have called it a strike three. That's all that matters, guys, okay? <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, though, it really was an amazing experience to get to go out there and throw out the first pitch. I'm forever grateful to the Erie Seawolves for allowing me to do that. Um, they definitely did not have to, um, but they let me go out there. They let me throw out the first pitch and it was just so cool to get to experience that. Um, not just experience it personally, but to get to experience it with my, with my friends and family who came in attendance too. um, big shout out to Sean Taylor for, uh, hooking up my family with, with those tickets. I appreciate you brother. Um, yeah, man, I owe you the world for that one, but it was just so much fun getting to go out there, you know, getting, getting to be honored on the field was, was incredible. So thank you guys so much for that. Next thing I have on my list is last season's, uh, wonders night. What a wonderful, no pun intended evening. Um, it was just so much fun to, 
to see all the preparation that went into that wonders night um, and getting to see like the actors and get to meet them and, and, you know, get to take photos with them and talk to them for a little bit. You realize how cool they are and stuff like that. So that was, that was really awesome. And uh, Steve Zahn is, is an incredible guy. He's just like he is in the movies. He's so funny. Um, And if you're not, if you're not familiar with like who the wonders are, um, just watch the movie, that thing you do, it'll answer all your questions. And, uh, it was just so much fun. That night was, was packed with all sorts of greatness really. And, uh, you know, getting to see the actors and work alongside them and to get to meet them and all of those things were just really cool. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate the Seawolves for putting that night on and, you know, it was truly a testament to all the hard work that GC put in, that that Chris put in, that Dave put in, that, you know, the entire staff as a whole put in to making sure that night went smoothly and perfectly. And uh, I think it's safe to say it did. So great job to the Erie Seawolves for that. Um, it was just such an incredible evening overall. You know, Seawolves got the win. There was a fireworks show. Um, we got to watch that thing you do on the field after the game. Um, it was just so much fun. Um, so that was probably the most single-handedly, the most fun, like themed evening I think I've ever had at the Erie Seawolf. So kudos to them for that. Um, the next thing I wrote down on my list here is, uh, Connor McDavid's first pitch. I think this was in like my first year with the team or first or second year. I think it was 2015 or 2016. I don't remember, but, uh, Connor McDavid was invited to the Erie Seawolves game to throw out the first pitch. And, uh, you know, before he threw out the first pitch, your boy had to get a quick photo op and he was so nice. And he was just like, yeah, absolutely. I'll take a picture with you. And, um, he took a, he took a selfie with me. I looked super ugly. Um, it was cold outside. It was amazing. Um, he threw out the first pitch piped right down the middle, buddy. I mean, the dude could probably play baseball if he wanted to, <laughs> but in all seriousness though, it was just really cool to get to meet Connor McDavid. Um, and that he was nice enough to, to, to stop what he was doing just to take a quick picture with me. And um, he was a really nice guy and uh, he's obviously had a fantastic career in the NHL. Um, and yeah, it's just, it was really cool to see him throw out the first pitch, get honored in Erie um, for his efforts at the Erie Otters and all those things. So that was a really awesome moment as well. Um, the next, the next one I have on my list here is getting to work the Jake Owen and Jordan Davis concert that was at UPMC park. Um, so a few years back, I think this was like maybe 2017, I think I'm going to go with 2017. Um, Jake Owen was on tour and he had a nice little stop in Erie at UPMC park. And I got, I got to work the event as part of the clean team. And it was just really cool. I got to see Jake Owen up, up close and personal Jordan Davis, you know, I got to see him as well. Um, like I said, getting paid to work at a concert, especially a country concert. I'm a big, for those of you who know me, you guys know I'm a big country music guy. Um, and getting to see those guys perform in Erie at a place I love with all my heart and soul um, was just really, really cool to me. So getting to see them perform in Erie at UPMC Park and getting paid to be there, that was just really awesome. And then after the game, or not after the game, after the concert the next day, you know, I was able to go into their locker rooms and I had to clean up after like everything that they did. And Jordan Davis's beard hair was all in the sink. I had to clean that up. 
<laughs> it was just, I don't know. It's just like one of those things where it's just like weird, but like kind of cool at the same time. It's just like Jake Owen was just in this room and now I'm here cleaning up, you know, his mess. I don't, I don't know. It sounds really, really weird. I'm sure. But it's just, it was just one of those things where it's just like, this is really kind of cool. And uh, during the concert, Jake Owen actually was like walking through the crowd and everything. Um, the way UPMC Park is laid out, it makes it pretty easy to be able to do something like that. And so he was just walking through the crowd and uh, like I was just cleaning up and he just like kind of was standing right next to me singing to the crowd. And it was just really cool. Uh, and that's one of those things that I'll never forget. And I got paid to do it. So it was really awesome. Um, the next thing I have on my list is the first game back post COVID. Man, uh, you know, one thing that Erie has that a lot of cities don't have is a diehard, passionate fan base. Um, man, let me tell you, whenever we had to go that 2020 year without baseball in Erie, and really without anything in Erie due to the COVID pandemic, it was so depressing. It was so sad. And, you know, the Seawolves bring a lot of people a lot of happiness. You know, it's it's like the sense of normalcy that you love um, about Erie and the Seawolves and you know, there's like two things that go hand in hand at Erie and it's, it's baseball in the summertime and it's hockey in the wintertime and, you know, not getting the opportunity to see baseball in Erie for my first time since living in Erie was just like very strange to me. I did not like it at all. And, uh, you know, whenever we finally did get the okay to come back, even though it was a little bit delayed, you know, the crowd was there, it was freezing, but the crowd was still there. You know, it was a lot of fun. That whole entire summer was just amazing. You know, people were glad to be back at the ballpark. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, people really took for granted baseball in Erie. And now that they had it back, you know, they were there, they were showing out, they were they were loud. It was it was great. There was a lot of Erie pride going on and you love to see it. Um, so that was incredible. Um, yeah, and that's that's a game that I'll never forget because, you know, a lot of people – you know, were laid off during that time. You know, a lot of people were wondering if, you know, returning to the Seawolves like myself was even returning to the Seawolves even really worth it. Um, things like that. So yeah, it's just one of those things where that's a game I'll never forget because it has so much like meaning behind it and so much history behind it. Um, and then one last thing I'm going to go over, um, one last, just one last uh, bullet point here is, um, probably the most emotional and um, the most meaningful of them all, which is why I saved it for last. Um, and it was my entire 2019 season that I got to spend with my brother, Chase Numata, man. Um, now, a lot of you guys may not know who Chase Numata is, uh, but he was a catcher for the Erie Seawolves, and he was such a fun, down-to-earth, loving dude, um, quickly became one of my best friends, and, uh, you know, he tragically passed away at the end of that 2019 season um, due to a skateboarding accident. Man, like, I'm not even joking when I say this. Chase is, like, easily one of the coolest dudes I have ever met. Um, we interacted numerous, numerous times. I was I was working in the clubhouse, and I was, like, a clubhouse assistant at the time. And, um, you know... Chase and I very rarely talked about baseball. That's the kind of friendship we had. Um, he was just telling me how, you know, he wanted to resign with the Tigers and how he loved being in Erie and, 
you know, things like that. And we would talk about his family and his friends and Hawaii, where he's from and all those crazy things. And, you know, unfortunately he passed away and it was, it was tragic. Um, it was one of the saddest moments of my entire life. Um, you know, just the impact Chase had on everybody in such a short amount of time in Erie is just remarkable. Um, there's not a soul out there that he did not impact. And, you know, getting to experience that 2019 season with him is something that I'll cherish forever. Um, you know, I live my day-to-day life. You know, there's not a day that goes by where I don't think about Chase. And I think a lot of people who work at the Seawolves and a lot of people who play for the team and a lot of people who gotten to know him personally um, would say the same. That's just the kind of impact he's had. Um, you know, Chase is an incredible human. Um, there's, there's really never going to be anybody like him again, <laughs> to, to be quite honest. Chase is just incredible. And, uh, you know, getting to experience that year with him is, is like I just said, it's, not, it's something I'll never take for granted. Um, because, you know, you just, it really puts life into perspective. You just never know how long you have with somebody. You never know if, you know, that, that hug that you give them will be the last time you ever give them a hug. Um, you know, Chase signed, Chase had signed a uh, baseball bat and left it in his locker and sent me a message. And he was just like, Hey man, that bat's in that, in, in my locker for you, just take it home with you tonight, whatever. Um, and then that was, that was the last time I ever heard from him. You know, that same night he passed away. <clears throat> I was the uh, last autograph, like the last bat he had ever signed was, was to me. And, you know, that's really, really sad to think about. And, um, you know, Chase was incredible and I know I'm just kind of going on about him, but man, there's just, it's, it's hard to put into perspective, like his impact he had on me personally. Um, you know, I named my dog after him. Um, and just the impact he had on, on everybody in Erie. I know he had a huge impact on, on everybody in the Seawolves front office, Seawolves fans, like even fans from other teams that he played on, like wherever Chase went, you know, he left his legacy and, you know, that's one thing he'll always be remembered by. Um, but with that being said, guys, that is going to wrap up this episode of the Michael Balco show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Man, it was an incredible nine years with the Erie Seawolves. I thank them so much again for, you know, allowing me to experience all these cool things that I have. I'm going to be able to to share all these cool stories with you. I have so many more stories I could share. Um, I may have to drop a part two of this. Maybe. We'll see. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, thank you guys so much for everything. Um, I'm excited to keep bringing you guys good content. And uh yeah, once again, thank you so much to the Erie Seawolves. Thank you to the Erie Seawolves front office, all the staff there, um, all the fans. You guys are incredible. Um, thank you guys so much. Y'all stay blessed. The Michael Balco Show is proudly sponsored by Donato's Pizza. Donato's prides themselves on ensuring that every piece of the pizza is important and that they have something for everyone. Donato's should be your top spot for game days, just like they are mine. Check out their website at www.donatos.com for more information.